WATD presents John Paul, the car doctor. All things automotive. Have questions? Call 781-837-4900. Now, here's John Paul, the car doctor. And good Sunday morning, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Car Doctor program on 95.9 WATD. Uh, we were supposed to be talking to Scott Shemtoff of Empire car covers we haven't heard from him yet but you know it's sunday people get distracted uh our phone number should you want to join us is 781-837-4900 occasionally i get sent some weird stuff and some of it's truly weird some of it's uh actually practical weird i guess and i got sent something uh, two things. And one of them was, and it's a company, and I don't even know if I have the name pronounced correctly, but it is N-O space N-A-S-T-E. So, no nasty, I guess. And what they have is um, everything from like detergents and things to sprays, to but two things that interested me. One of them is a uh, spray, and it's an odor-eliminating spray. So if you're somebody whose dog stays in the car a lot or um, something, something like that, yeah, this is one of those things. It can, it can help freshen up your car, I guess. And um, I've been working around here quite a bit the last three or four days and doing some work around the house. And I was wearing a pair of sneakers that were um, that are sort of my work sneakers. And they were pretty smelly at the end of all that. So I sprayed with this, uh, with this one product. Uh, and it doesn't have, what's weird is it doesn't have a smell to it. But it seemed to eliminate the smell, which was kind of nice. And also, they have this um, seat cover. And the idea behind it is, if you're somebody who... Um, I don't know, goes running, goes to the gym, and then just jumps in your car afterwards. It keeps sort of the sweat off of you, or off of your car at least. And it's uh, it just uh, kind of hangs over the headrest, or head restraint, as we like to say. And then it just sort of lays on the seat, and then you roll it up when you're done, and you know put it in the trunk, or put it in the back of the car, or do something with it. So it's a premium seat cover protector and it's about it's about 60 bucks according to their website and i haven't used it but i gave it to my neighbor to try out and my neighbor uh he hunts fishes and scuba dives and i said try it in your truck see see what you think and he was he was pretty he was pretty encouraged by it so He's like, yeah, you know, that way I don't have to worry about, you know, usually I end up putting a towel on the front seat so I don't get I don't get my truck dirty and then the towel falls down. He said, this thing's kind of neat. And it's uh it's made it's made out of a um it says it's a high performance premium car seat cover uh you know, advertising talk here. A must have for people on the go. Great for returning home from a sweaty workout, coming off a sandy beach, wet swimsuits, pet Pet hair, kids' spills, and more. No more wiping your seats after they get messy or wrestling with towels that don't stay in place. Universal fit. Slip it over your headrest. Head restraint is what it should say. And off you go. Rolls up like a yoga mat for easy, uh, making it easy to transport. Non-slip shark skin 
backing. Shark skin, really? Um, prevents it from moving while driving. Water-resistant two-layer protection. Odor-resistant neoprene, easy to clean. Just soak and air dry. Um, so if you're somebody who has a use for something like this, if you're somebody who does those things, um, maybe some, or you're somebody who just your dog rides with you all the time. You see a lot of people with their dogs in their car all the time. Uh, maybe put this on the seat. Dog sits on the seat. You don't have to worry about trying to uh, take all the hair off your seat afterwards. Well, it could be could be a handy thing to have. Um, but like I said, the uh, the spray stuff worked pretty good, and it's not you know typical of you know where you uh, you know spray something and it smells too perfumey or something afterwards. It's pretty nice. So if you want to find out more information about it. Uh, uh, their website is N-O-N-A-S-T-E dot com, so nonasty.com. And you can f- figure it out, try try their different sprays, and uh, see what happens. And, and apparently it is all about science with this product. It says, we have chemistry, it all comes out in the wash. Uh, you know, they even have uh, detergents and stuff too, so... I don't know. If you want to live a no stinky lifestyle, give it a give it a shot. I guess see what happens. Uh, some of the some of the emails that came in this week, we might as well get to those. Uh, if you want to join us, seven eight one eight three seven forty nine hundred. I don't know where Scott Shemtoff is from uh, Empire Car Covers. He was supposed to join us about a month ago, and he had some personal thing going on. wasn't able to do it. Um, but I was hoping we'd be able to talk to them today. I'm a fan of their car covers. Um, I've had I've had a couple, and I just put one on the car that we uh, left up north, and um, we'll see who it see how it does over the winter time. Um, I had a car cover on there last year. Good car cover, different brand. Uh, it didn't breathe quite enough, and inside of the car actually got from the heating, the cooling, heating, and cooling. Inside of the car got a little bit moldy looking. So, you know, it took, uh, you know, bleachy sort of stuff to clean it all up. Um, I didn't use bleach, actually. I used vinegar, which was just as stinky. Um, then I tried uh, a company called The Chemical Guys, and they have a variety of different products. They have a they have an a, a interior sanitizer product. Uh, interesting about their products, and they work, they all work pretty well, although for car wash and wax i'm still a fan of mcguire's products more than anything uh but the chemical guys stuff all looks like the same stuff with different smells i don't know it has the same feel and consistency to it and i could be completely wrong but it seems similar okay this person writes in i've read your column over the years and enjoyed your comments so i thought i would write to you about a minor issue i'm having with my vehicle recently my older sequoia now that's a toyota has developed a minor problem and i can't seem to find the answer within the last several months once i turn the car off and ensure that the interior lights etc are going off when the door closes i open the door to the car and exit and a ding ring ding ring uh, similar to a ding when your lights are on or the keys in the ignition. I've checked all the electrical things, lights, keys, etc. Could not find a problem. I went online to the Sequoia forum. Apparently there's an issue with Sequoias that no one online has been able to find a solution. I even called Toyota dealer and they told me they've never heard of it but would suggest taking the car in for a look. I've not done that due to a potential for a very large service bill without any resolution. It's interesting, and I just got this email a couple minutes before we went on the air. 
And I haven't looked up whether there's technical service bulletins or anything like that. Um, but I wonder if it's similar to a problem that I'm having with my wife's Volkswagen. Occasionally, and just occasionally, not all the time, but occasionally, when you take the key out of the ignition, the ignition switch doesn't reset. And although the ignition switch is locked, you can't turn it while the key's out, the part that sets the tone off that says the key is still in the ignition hasn't clicked off yet. So sometimes when you get out of the car, you take the key out of the ignition, you don't hear this click, and with our Volkswagen, when you go to open the door, it drops a window down a quarter of an inch because it makes it easier for the doors to open and close. Well, you shut the key off, and the that doesn't happen because it still thinks the key's in the ignition, and you haven't opened it, and you haven't shut it off yet. So I'm suspicious that it might have something to do with the ignition switch in the car. Again, not a common problem, and obviously, you know, one that supposedly the dealers never heard of, and on the forums they say, you know, people have heard of it, but they haven't found a solution for it yet. So possibly that. And that's, I would try to pay particular attention to how it sounds when you take the key out and everything sounds good. If it, if everything shuts off the way it's supposed to, and you recognize the click of it shutting off, then you've found the answer. So that's where I would start. A um, few minutes before then, uh, someone writes in and says, I want to change the battery in my 2019 Toyota Tacoma. I understand I have to have an outside power supply to the truck so my computer stays powered. How do I do that? Well, you don't have to, but you might want to. Um, how we do it at AAA is we actually use our 12-volt jump packs. Now, these lithium-ion ones don't always do that. A lot of the lithium-ion little small portable ones, and I have one in each car. Um, well, yeah, NOCO is one. Uh, I forget the other brand that I have. Um, those you have to trick into turning on. So if you turn them on and hook it up to a voltmeter, it shows no voltage. So you have to force it on. And, but what we do with our 12-volt jump packs, and it can be uh, something as simple as just a little 12-volt battery, I suppose, is you just hook it up to uh, a good engine ground somewhere. You know, it can be the you know, bracket on the alternator, bracket ground bracket on the engine itself, and then attach the positive clamp to the positive cable on the battery. And then when you go to take the battery cable off, you're still supplying 12 volts to the car. Now, depending on what kind of 12-volt battery you use, you know, you could conceivably use a 12-volt battery for something like a uh, alarm system, for instance, a 12-volt backup battery. And that's probably, and that would be enough. Years back, we used to um, use a 9-volt, square 9-volt battery, plug it into a little connector that plugged into the cigarette lighter, and that would actually backfeed the car enough so when you disconnected the battery, it wouldn't, uh, it wouldn't lose the memory of the car's computer 
and more importantly, the memory of the car's radio, because a lot of cars have anti-theft radios. So if you disconnect the battery or unplug the radio, what happens is the radio thinks it's being stolen, it goes into a lock mode, and then you have to find out the lock code to take care of that. Um, some cars don't. Uh, the, um, the Volkswagen that we have... We have, again, we have two Volkswagens, the $1,000 Volkswagen and the newer one we have. And uh, both of them have uh, anti-theft radios. But when you disconnect the battery, it doesn't affect the radio. If you try to hook the radio up to a car that it is not familiar with, so in other words, you took the radio out and put it in a different, different car, and I don't know why you would because they're not that good a radio. But if you did do that... Um, it would uh, it would know it wouldn't recognize the car's computer and the car would go into the radio would go into theft mode. Um, that's something that you can do. Um, but check your owner's manual. But for the most part, with this Toyota, if you were going to replace the battery and you didn't do that, you disconnected the battery, put the new battery in, started it up, and then. It might actually even stall. So you start it up and the engine would stall. You go, oh, what? never stalled before. Start it back up. Now it's starting to learn new things. So it starts back up. It learns what it should idle at. Then while it's sitting there idling, turn the air conditioner on. Turn some accessories on, air conditioner, heater, things that put a load on the charging system. And it may stall. It may not. But it will probably just kind of relearn what's going on. And the only thing I would caution about is make sure this isn't an anti-theft radio in this 2019 Tacoma, which I don't believe it is, but just to make sure, uh, short of that, uh, using some sort of other outside power supply, a jump pack, if you happen to have an extra battery around, again, it could be a small battery like a motorcycle battery, uh, any kind of 12-volt battery, just enough to supply power to the system so it doesn't forget everything that it knew and some cars are more forgiving than others uh ford products disconnect the battery put it back in um the volkswagen we have you disconnect the battery put the new battery in every light on the dash comes on every warning light steering anti-lock brakes tire pressure monitor uh everyone comes on you drive the car for a couple minutes maybe even a couple minutes but you have to drive it you drive it for a couple minutes, all the lights go off, everything resets itself, nothing bad happens. Um, so it really depends on the vehicle. And again, this Tacoma, um, the way I would do it is I would try to uh, have a, uh, you know, have some sort of other 12-volt power source. There used to be, years back, there used to be a, another way, like sim similar to the cigarette lighter plug, and it would plug into the uh, under-dash computer connector, and it would backfeed 12 volts through the computer that way, but not all computers are able to do that. So you would think you were doing the right thing by plugging in your uh, memory saver to the uh, ALDL connector, which is OBD2 connector, uh, so that little connector under the dash, and in fact, you go disconnect everything and it didn't work. Well, why didn't it work? Well, that car wouldn't accept voltage going in that direction. So, just one of those things. Since we've had David Sutherland on the show, he said he was at uh, Researcher, and he looks up all kinds of stuff. 
and uh, I get a uh, email from him and uh, I get an email from him probably every week or so and uh, sometimes and it's uh, stirring the pot and it is a uh, some of it's uh, antique uh, antique stuff some of it's just interesting stories about people and the um and you can find them on his facebook page you can you can look for that if if not and um what was his last one here there was a uh, you gave a good class uh, last week on the 6 volt to 12 volt electrical power system of old vehicles i never really understood what somebody wrote in i never really understood i do however remember that being at ringe tech high school the teacher telling us that electricity flowed through the wires just like water flows through pipes your point about proper maintenance of the system is key to good performance. Right on the mark, those frayed and loose connections reduce electrical power output to crank over the engine. We find a lot of battery problems due to corrosion in the wires that go to the battery terminals themselves. So not necessarily the terminal, but if you cut back the insulation, you find the wires are all crusty corrosion in them so uh, you can run into a lot of problems um, let's see he goes on to say crank over the engine especially when it's hot damp or cold out uh, you want to have the full capacity so uh, someone writes in and says in my 60 plus year addiction to classic cars I'm often asked if I have a favorite I have a lot of people ask me that too um, in reviewing pictures and records I counted that my Wife Kathleen, whoever this person is, Peter Van Schuler. Um, I've owned 53 automobiles in our lifetime, uh, of which 33 were considered antiques or classics in no particular order. There was six Thunderbirds, three Pontiacs, two Lincolns, two Chevrolets, one Buick, two Oldsmobiles, 14 Fords, one Jaguar, one Austin Healey, one Mercedes-Benz, one Miata, one BMW. Since... 1957 have completed restoration work on American and foreign cars dating as far, far back as a Model T. I have a neighbor uh, on Cape Cod where I spend the other part of my life, and uh, he bought an old garage. And one day, and it was old garage, been there for a long time, hadn't been open in years. And one day I walk by and I see a BMW Izetta kind of sitting sideways under one of the lifts. So I went in, introduced myself, said hello, and we just got chatting a little bit. And I said, you look like you got an interesting collection of stuff. And I said, you got a minute to show me around? And we chatted for a bit. And, you know, we had the BMW Izetta. Uh, had a had a couple of other BMWs. Uh, one was a newer, but not new, 3 Series. Uh, one was a probably mid-80s M3, so the hot rod version of the 3 Series. He had a couple of Jaguars, had a couple of really rusty Jaguars. And I would guess he was in his mid-50s, maybe. And he has a lifetime worth of restoration to do uh, all of these cars need some work they all looked like they were fun they all looked like cars he liked to uh tinker a little bit at a time with so he had he had uh he had some tucked away the lifts in this garage were shaky at best but he had a couple i think he had three up on lifts and he had four by four uh 
beams stuck under the lifts so the lifts wouldn't slowly come down on the on the vehicles that are under there. Um, like I said, rusty Jaguars, interesting accumulation of stuff. And it was... Um, it was it was fun talking to him. He you know definitely a car guy. His daily driver, besides his Ford pickup truck, he's some kind of carpenter. Uh, besides his Ford pickup truck, the car he drives every single day, and he says he's had more than one of them, is a first generation Miata. And I said, how come? He said it's just fun to drive, uh, nimble, not particularly fast, but if I added up all the cars together that I have in here. Uh, this car is more dependable than any single one of them. Starts up in any weather. It runs perfect. Gets good gas mileage. And he said, it's not new. It's first-generation Miata. It's 20-some-odd years old. And he says, still does everything he wants to do. So kind of, I guess, a smaller version of this guy with all his cars. He said, uh, you know, he went on to say that in 1963, I was finishing my sophomore final exams at the University of Rhode Island, I made the acquaintance of a professor who was there who lived about four miles from the college. He was the head of machine design. Uh, he goes on to say, you know, two months after Kathleen and I were married, I found a buyer for my 56 Ford. I was trying to sell my Model A in order to finance the purchase of a lovely white 57 Thunderbird that was suddenly in sight, hours spent chauffeuring. Uh, 56 Thunderbird worked their magic. The Model A wasn't selling. I just had to have the Thunderbird, so I asked the dealer if might be interested in a trade. We drove the Model A to the dealer to attempt negotiations before we knew it. The owner and his manager left us sitting in the office while they drove our A up and down the road, blaring the Auga horn. Fierce negotiations followed. They insisted they were selling us a classic, and I kept reminding them we were offering them an anti-car and trade. We finally agreed on one more... $25 increment in their favor, and I uh, sold sold that car, and uh, we enjoyed the first Thunderbird for the next 29 years. I can't, you know, just the idea of keeping a car that long and enjoying it that long uh, is pretty special. Why don't we take a break, pay some bills. If you'd like to join us, our phone number is 781-837-4900, 781-837-4900. On this uh, day that uh, Jesse said... In the next few days, we may even see some snow coming. So 781-837-4900, maybe it's time to think about snow tires. In fact, in the next couple weeks, we're going to be talking to the folks from Nokian Tire again about snow tires because I think they're so important. If you're going to be driving in the winter, and I like to call them winter tires, not snow tires, because they work so much better in colder temperatures. you know, like when we had uh, Jay on from Boston Mobile Tire, and we are talking about how important it is to have good winter tires. And I think, you know, something I've told people in years past, all-season tires, all-season tires, well, they do, yeah, I remember uh, years ago, someone told me, and I still use it to this day, an all-season tire will do 70% of what a winter tire will do, and it will work pretty well up into two or three, four inches of snow, and after that, and it don't work quite as well. And, and an all-season tire has self-cleaning tread, which helps, you know, give you some extra traction. But keep in mind, that same all-season tire that you buy in Marshfield, Rockland, Hanover, wherever you are, that same all-season tire is exactly the same tire that's sold in, say, Phoenix, for instance. So why don't we take a break? 781-837-4900 is our phone number. Jesse, if you're in the mood, play some Christmas music, maybe. 
My name is John Paul. This is the Car Doctor program. You're listening on 95.9 WATD. We'll be right back. We're not happy unless you're happy. Hi, I'm Sheldon Stewart of Stewart Painting, and that's been our promise for over 35 years. If we paint your home, it's going to be a great experience. We do every job right, on time, and we stand behind our work. We have thousands of lifetime customers. That's because we are committed to delivering a top-notch job every time. There are not many sure things in life, but hiring Stuart Painting to paint your home is a sure thing. That's because we live by the Stuart Painting promise. We're not happy unless you're happy. To schedule your free estimate, call either of our Hingham or Hyannis offices, or to receive a virtual quote, visit us online at stuartpaint.com. Send us a video of your project and receive your estimate within 24 hours. That's stuartpaint.com. And remember, Stuart Painting. Expect the best. AAA is with you at every moment in your life. They have 24-hour 7 roadside assistance, which covers you in any car you're driving or riding in, even a rental or your friend's wheels. They have great member rates on home and auto insurance, savings on travel, hotels and rental cars, and discounts on hundreds of your favorite brands. You're covered on and off the road. Learn more at aaa.com slash join. You let that mountain reach high. You let that river run wild. Hi, this is Jeff Neely. And this is Joe Clapp. And I'm Stephen Davis. We're Humble Roots. Tune into Twilight Showcase Radio. Hosted by Sandy Stride and Keith James. On 95.9 WATD and 95.9 WATD.com. And of course, visit twilightshowcase.org. Twilight Showcase. Tonight from 8 to 10 on 95.9 WATD. that jesse pulled some christmas music out he's a people don't know that but he's he's actually a big christmas music fan i've heard stories i missed that what was that i said people probably don't know this but you're a big christmas music fan yeah all year round it never stopped listening to it (laughs) um you know phones are awful quiet today i guess maybe people are worried that it's going to snow and they're out doing stuff today maybe that's what it is but probably doesn't help uh, that I keep hanging up on them to listen to well, Christmas it could, music. Well, could, it could, could be that. They're, they're probably doing Christmas music requests, and you're going, no. Uh, or maybe you're going, you know, unless you're calling up with a Christmas music request, you can't go in the air. It could be either one of those. Either one or, uh, you know, whenever I pick up the phone, I just sing a Christmas song until someone hangs up. So not great. That's, not great for a, sure. That's a thought. That's a thought. I have an idea, and uh, we're going we're gonna to stretch this out a little bit. Because, you know, last time we gave something away and we gave away a gift certificate to the in-control uh, driving program. And I think Jesse said, do like the fifth phone call. And he was amazed. There was a lot of phone calls. 
Uh, and I said, do the ninth phone call because you know ninety-five nine. Let's do. Let's use the nine. So this time, let's try. Let's try caller number nine. And uh, two. Let's see, three requirements. I guess I don't know. Fifteen requirements. Um, you have to live within AAA Northeast territory. So if you're listening online from, uh, I don't know, Orlando, Florida. Not AAA Northeast Territory, so that doesn't work. So you have to be in Massachusetts, Rhode Island, half of Connecticut, New York, New Jersey. And you have to have an email, and you have to have a phone, and you have to have a name and address. I think that's about all. And um, if you have all those things, we will give the ninth caller a AAA membership. Now, this is a new membership. If you already are an existing AAA member, uh, you can give it away to a non-member if you like. Uh, but if you're an existing member, it can't be used to renew your membership. It has to be used to activate a new membership. So if you're the ninth caller calling in on 781-837-4900, you will win a AAA membership. So, like I said, you, if you're an existing AAA member and you have a family member, for instance, who doesn't have a AAA membership, you can give it to them. But you do need, I do need to, I, I will email you the special code that you'll need when you call up our membership department and say, Hi, I want a AAA membership on the Car Doctor program. Here's this special code they gave me, and that will activate the free membership, and you'll be good to go. So, if you're listening in, Massachusetts, Rhode Island, Western Connecticut, most of New York, and half of New Jersey, uh, or Salem, New Hampshire, give us a call at 781-837-4900. Again, the ninth caller. So um, that's all it takes, and you can win a free AAA membership. How's that? Someone writes in, I recently purchased a new truck, and it's my first vehicle with built-in tire pressure monitoring. The dash display can display the approximate pressure of each tire. Actually, it's pretty pretty good at doing that. Uh, but I'm wondering, what happens if it's time to rotate the tires? Will the dash display tell me the right front is low when it's actually the right rear that's low after the tires were rotated? Yes, that's what will happen in 90% of the times. Um quick little tire pressure monitor educational seminar here. There are two types of tire pressure monitors. One is a indirect style, one's a direct style. The indirect style doesn't actually use a sensor at all. What it uses is the anti-lock brake system and it measures the size of the tire as it's rotating and if one tire is low it's going to rotate differently then the other three, you'll get a you'll get a notification on the dash that says you have a low tire, and but it won't tell you which one. So you go around with your gauge and check, and you'll see, oh yeah, look, this one's ten pounds less than the other three, and you know it's a low tire. That's called indirect, and it's pretty accurate, and it's been around since. I want to say it's been around since the early 90s at least. And again, pretty accurate system, not as helpful, uh, but better than just kind of looking at tires. You can't, unless, you're, unless you have a, a, a ridiculous amount of skill, if you look at a tire that has 
33 pounds of air in it, a tire that has 22 pounds of air in it, they are going to look so similar that you're not really going to be able to tell. And the only way really to tell is to take a tire pressure gauge. And that's why a bunch of years ago, tire pressure monitoring became mandatory. And I want to say it was in 2009, maybe? Uh, 2010, something like that. Uh, became mandatory and, and all cars had to have it. So either indirect or direct because... Um, it's important that people don't drive around with a low tire because low tires waste fuel, but they also overheat and blow out. So knowing that you have a low tire is important. The direct style sensor uses a radio transmitter in each tire, in each mounted to the wheel, generally 99.9% of the time. It is a metal valve stem with a sensor mounted under it, and it's a radio transmitter, and it transmits a signal to an antenna, and in a lot of cases, the antenna, and I don't know why this is, is mounted in the driver's side, uh, side view mirror. And it knows the four signals, and it knows when one of them's reading a low pressure, it sends a signal, radio signal, up over to the antenna, through the car, into the computer, and it'll tell you, oh, your right front tire is low. And it'll tell you how, and depending on the car, it'll tell you how much the tires are low, and some of them will just say okay, some of them will tell you if they're low, uh, whatever the case is. You air up the tire, drive a little bit, goes out, all things are good. Let me make sure that, I'm sorry, let me make sure that I have all of our uh, requirements down here. So we do have a winner, it's Kerry, congratulations Kerry, so everyone else, thank you for trying, you can stop calling me. And it was name, address, phone number, email address? Email address, yeah. Social security number, blood type? Um, just blood type, blood type. I don't recommend giving out social security numbers anymore. Oh, okay. And then, uh, yeah. 40, $20 Walmart gift cards. Uh, yeah, something, Perfect. yeah, any, yeah, any, anything like that. But yeah, if you, uh, you have all those requirements, you're, you're good. Yes. And we don't, we don't want anything, but yes, that is, <laughs> right, perfect. that is exactly that. Very good. All right. Well, congratulations to Kerry, our winner for today. Was it, was it, uh, was it 9,000 calls that came in? Yeah. I think we could have actually used all of the, uh, all of the numbers and done the nine hundred fifty nine caller. Well, next time we do this, we'll give we'll give away something to the nine hundred fifty ninth caller. Perfect. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait luck. to do that. <laughs> you can't, I can tell. <laughs> I can tell. Um, so back to my long story about tire pressure monitors. Yeah, you rotate the tires; they're not going to work. Uh, except every once in a while, some some manufacturer has a has a model that actually has an antenna in each wheel well. And what it does is it knows that sensor, and it knows the identification number of it, and it goes, you know, I'm on the left front. And then you move it to the left rear, and it and it connects to that antenna that's on the left rear and goes, no, no, that you're not, you don't belong here. Oh no, you do belong here now. And now you're you used to be the left front, but now you're the left rear. I have never seen a car like that, but I've read about. A couple models that have that, but this person's, and we'll we'll just say it's some sort of a truck is all I know. I would guess that it's, I don't know, a Chevy or Ford, most popular. And it's one of those trucks, and in fact, you know, when you rotate the tires, nope. It's, you, you're going to have to reprogram the tire pressure sensors. Most of the time now at any tire store, some independent garages, whatever, um, dealership obviously, 
when you rotate the tires and reprogram them. There used to be, and it was, I think it was a Nissan product that you rotated the tires and then you let like 20 pounds of air out of the tire and the tire would, the car would beep the horn. And then you'd air the tire back up to proper amount and it would beep the horn twice. And that meant it knew that that tire was calibrated to that spot in that car. I don't know that that even exists anymore, but I, I remember seeing that somewhere and going, that's interesting, providing you have an air compressor. If you don't have an air compressor, that isn't going to work. But, you know, it's just one of those things. And Hmm. Just one of those things. This week, I guess some people got delivery of the new Tesla Cybertruck. And they have kind of a hot rod version called the Cyber Beast, I guess. Um, it claims the middle of the range one, which is a $70,000, $80,000 truck. And boy, is it weird looking. Um, but it's got a 4 by 6 bed with some kind of cover over the back of it that adds to aerodynamics. It has really good aerodynamics, which is the weird shape. Um, but 0 to 60 in like Porsche 911 beating times, like 3 seconds. Um, crazy horsepower. Um, good handling. Uh, way better than a pickup truck. Way better than most cars. Uh, 300-ish mile range, I guess, is what I read. The show trucks didn't have side view mirrors. And the and side view mirrors are mandatory on vehicles. But Elon Musk being Elon Musk, I guess, said, well, we have to put side view mirrors on, but we have rear view cameras mounted in the, they're actually mounted on the fender arches. And you can easily remove the side view mirrors so you don't have to use them. But if you live in Massachusetts and you have a cyber truck and you go to get an inspection sticker, they're going to say, where's your side view mirrors? You need to have them. And But I guess where you don't need to get inspections like that, um, they said, well, you can just take them off. And they're easy to take. Apparently, they're easy to take off. The old cover goes on. And then they use the rear view cameras. Um, I, you know, you look at, you know, this cyber truck and it's stainless steel. And if you remember the DeLorean, and the DeLorean was certainly fraught with its own issues, but not everybody wanted a, the same color car. And as interesting as stainless steel was, you know, you get a scratch in stainless steel, go out there with a Brillo pad and buff it up, and all of a sudden it looks okay again. Um, uh, you know, is the idea of having once the the people that want the newest of everything buy the first however many thousand cyber trucks are they going to go i don't want the same color cyber truck as everybody else has so i don't know i mean and they they would claim you know like bulletproof windows and a whole bunch of other nonsense in this truck uh but is it is sort of uh sort of interesting that you know it's it's now they are actually taking deliveries of them and they are people are seeing them in showrooms now so they they have appeared in tesla showrooms and and some of the youtube videos that i've watched of the cyber truck are 
apparently people that were invited to some event and the event was um they couldn't talk about it until the truck came delivered because one of the ones I watched said, you know, people have seen some near production trucks out in the road. I was driving one, but I couldn't talk about it for, you know, such and such period of time. So yeah, I guess, I guess it's, it's there. It's if you want one again, all of the videos I've seen in it are just people throwing things at the side of it. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I saw one where somebody backed into something purposely just because, um, I don't know. It's, you know, every other truck kind of looks like a truck, which I guess maybe that's the idea behind it. Why do you want a truck that looks like everybody else's truck? Uh, you know, it's a it's a box with a box on top of it and a box in the back, and this doesn't look anything like that. Um, but it is. I guess beauty's in the eye of the beholder. It that's all I can say. It has a unique look. It might look more like something that should be roving on a f- another planet, but... You know, it's it's different looking. We did get a, a question from a caller who uh, couldn't go on the air because she was driving and didn't want to talk on the phone and drive at the I same time. That. Very dangerous. And listen to the radio, all three things at the same time. But uh, she had a question about winter tires, and she's wondering if it's better just to use all-season tires if you don't have the storage space to store the tires after the winter season and what your recommendations would be on storage ideas or if just go with all-season tires instead. Again, all-season tires for most people are going to be fine. They're going to be good in, you know, what kind of snow we get on the South Shore, typically, until we get, you know, two feet of snow. And then they're not going to be quite as good. But in most cases, all-season tires will be fine. They'll do, they'll do everything you need to do. Yeah, that's the problem with putting true winter tires on. You're going to put four on, which means you have to put four other tires somewhere. And the other part of it is the easiest way to put four other tires somewhere is have its own set of wheels. So you have wheels, tires, extra tire pressure sensors. So you need to have all of those things set up. So if you're somebody, for instance, who needs to be out in the worst weather, like Jesse coming to the radio station on Sunday morning, and he's out before the, the snow plows are out, yeah, he might want real winter tires on his, on his vehicle. And that is something you need to consider, and you need to figure out where you're going to put your tires. Um, there was one tire, and it might have been direct tire, but I don't know that that is the case. And they would actually store tires for you. They would actually take your old tires, tag them all up, put them in a warehouse somewhere, and then you know charge you for them probably. That's not um, my, my strategy is unique. I keep the snow guessing by putting four completely different tires on my truck. There you go. Mm-hmm. There you go. They don't understand uh, the tread pattern. Yep. They don't so know how the, to stop me. So the snow go, uh, snow gods just kind of go, ah, we don't know what's going on yep. here. So, mm-hmm. yeah, well, that's an interesting thought. But, yeah. So if you don't have storage space, you live in a tiny house, um, you live in a container home, uh, you you live in an apartment, a condo, you don't have, a, you don't have storage, or you don't want to spend the pick an amount, $200 per tire, plus an extra set of wheels, plus an extra set of tire pressure monitors. So now all of a sudden you have a, you know, what could be a $1,500, $1,800 investment in winter tires. And then you say, now I got to find a place to put the other tires when I'm putting these tires on. There's got to be a better way. And an all-season tire is a better way. The other way is a 
all-weather tire, which isn't exactly a winter tire, but it's a tire that does better in poor weather. And, for instance, Michelin makes one called a Cross Climate. And that tire will give you that extra traction. It will give you that extra winter capacity. It acts sort of like a snow tire does. And it does really it does really well. I saw a pretty interesting demonstration and it was so simple it was crazy. It was um done by Michelin and they were out on an ice rink and they took something that looked like a hockey puck made out of a regular tire tread and they slid it across the ice and it slid, you know, the length of the ice rink. And then they took a same hockey puck made out of the tread of a cross climate tire and they slid it and it went about half the distance so the rubber compound didn't get as cold it didn't get as hard and because of that it gave you better traction so if you're replacing your tires in the winter time and it's time for new tires and you're like well you know put the same all season tires back on maybe look at something like these all weather tires like the Michelin cross climate and other manufacturers are starting to come out with them and what makes them unique is they actually have the um the mountain there's a a picture of a, a mountain and that mountain tells you this is a winter rated tire is it as good as a true winter traditional looking snow tire not quite as good but it is it's a good way better than a a compromise of an all-season tire not quite as good as a real dedicated winter tire but that mixture of something in between the cross climate does a pretty good job for that and that might be something you want to consider but that would be something you want to consider when your tires are in need of replacement Um, so if you have if you're in a situation where you don't have a garage or you don't have a shed or you know, four backup mansions on like the car doctor compound, but yep. if you don't have the storage space for it, are tires something that you could maybe put in your driveway and put some sort of a tarp or a cover over them? I know it's probably not aesthetically pleasing for your driveway, but if you have a spare space outside, could you store things outside or are they going to get ruined as they could you, the could, you, could you put them out behind your horse barn? Mm. Yeah. Um, I mean, tires are made to be outside, so yeah, where where they and you and it would be advisable to cover them because tires do get affected by um, ultraviolet rays, so you know you can get weather cracking and stuff. Um, so you don't where, what you don't want to do with the tire is you don't want to put it next to, say, you have a good size house with a big basement but you still don't have a garage and you say i'm going to put my tires in my basement and i'm going to store them next to the oil burner because nobody goes over there because the oil burner is over there um the uh, the uh, the motor running in the oil burner can actually affect rubber compounds so not the oil burner itself but it's actually the electric motor what you know the the electric for want of a better silly word, the electric rays that get given off can actually affect rubber consistency. So uh, you you don't want to store tires near anything electric. So basically yeah, it's probably can, okay you can, just not you, close to that stuff. You can put them, if you want to put them outside, and you know, in your driveway and cover them with a tarp and say, 
these are not tires under here. Don't steal them. Yes, you oh, there's that too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> and don't store don't store them near your piano because it'll go out of tune. I'm kidding. Okay. That's not a thing. <laughs> okay. I kind of liked it. I kind of liked it. Yeah. 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 Hey, based based on that comment, why don't we take another break? Yeah, yeah, I, I'll work on something better for the next. Yeah, uh, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, maybe more, maybe more Christmas music. You listen to the Car Doctor program on ninety five nine WATD. Our phone number seven eight one eight three seven forty nine hundred. Um, when we come back, uh, somebody just popped in and said, "I have a Honda Civic that needs an engine. Can you help me?" We'll come up with that answer when we come back. My name is John Paul. This is the Car Doctor program. You're listening on ninety five nine WATD. We'll be right back. The Company Theatre brings the most beloved fairy tale, Cinderella, to the stage this holiday season. The Tony Award-winning musical has delighted audiences for generations. Join Ella's magical journey as she discovers she has the power to create her own destiny. In the name of every girl who ever wanted to change the world she lived in, it's possible. Cinderella runs from Friday, November 24th until Sunday, December 17th. Visit companytheater.com for tickets or call 781-871-2787. AAA is with you at every moment in your life. They have 24-hour 7 roadside assistance, which covers you in any car you're driving or riding in, even a rental or your friend's wheels. They have great member rates on home and auto insurance, savings on travel, hotels and rental cars, and discounts on hundreds of your favorite brands. You're covered on and off the road. Learn more at aaa.com slash join. Tis the season for trivia on 95.9 WATD. Test your knowledge of Noel and win fabulous prizes to stuff your stockings this Christmas. Listen for the cue from Eddie the Elf all this week and next and be the 12th caller to answer Tis the Season trivia. Correct answers win gift cards from one of our contest's wonderful sponsors. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas at the station that packs the presents, 95.9 WATD. And welcome back to the Car Doctor program. And uh, in our attempt to, you know, be seasonal, uh, I did find I did find a uh, website that has automotive Christmas songs immortalize the industry's Hollywood spirit. Put it in gear for the holidays with these ten automotive themed holiday hymns. Hymns, really? Um, interesting. None of these songs listed are past uh, 2018, and most of them are from the 60s. Automotive but, uh, hymns is is a new one for me. I not a word that I would have put together, but "Run Rudolph Run" with Chuck Berry, "Big White Cadillac" by Little Joey Farr. I do remember uh, them singing "Big White Cadillac" in church during the Christmas season. Do you? So, do you? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like Midnight Mass. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, the Beach Boys, "Little Saint Nick," um, Elmo and Patsy. Grandma got run over by a reindeer. I don't know that that's really another favorite hymn. Yeah. Uh, driving home by driving home for Christmas by Chris Ray, um, that's a little depressing. That song, as I recall, "Rusty Chevrolet" by Adai Upers, which 
the upper peninsula of Michigan is called the UP. Uh, this band, for want of a better word, is called Diupers, and they're actually from Cambridge. So they're not anything that they do, but uh, yeah, but it's actually kind of an interesting song. Uh, Santa's going to come in a pickup truck by Alan Jackson and the Chipmunks. There's one you need to find. Because who doesn't like the chipmunks? Santa Drives a Hot Rod by Brian Stetza Orchestra. And uh, finally, uh, Toby Keith's Hot Rod Sleigh. So there you go. There's, uh, there's some hymns. Hymns? Really? Who wrote that? Those will get you in the mood for praying. <laughs> That's what they say. I don't just, know Just that, don't sing but... them too close to the piano because it'll go out of tune. That's all you got, huh? I, I tried it at round two, a little better. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, uh, you know, it is it is an automotive program. We do talk tune-ups periodically. Look at that! See, so it all worked out. It did. It, it's uh, it's all, you know, everything is connected together somehow. It's all string theory, or something. Uh, back to the person who popped in, who must be listening online, says I have a 2008 Honda Civic. It's a two-door, if that makes a difference. The car needs an engine. How much will you charge for that? Well, apparently they're a new listener because I don't have a garage. Um, we just try to provide information here. Um, so, how much would I charge? If if you came to Jesse's Auto Service, or I'm there just to help him, um, the typical labor to replace an engine in a 2008 Honda Civic two-door, 11 or 12 hours. So day and a half-ish to put an engine in that. So um, Jesse charges $150 an hour. So you're looking at, what, $1,800 worth of labor maybe? Um, to buy an engine, to go out and buy a remanufactured engine is... Just looking quickly online during the commercial break, somewhere between thirty-three hundred and thirty-eight hundred dollars, and that's for a complete cylinder head block, all the pieces in between, uh, remanufactured. So not brand new, but remanufactured with a typically a year or so warranty. The other option is go used. It's interesting that used engine prices have seemingly gone up in price, and they are. Um, Looking online, and again, I was just scanning quickly, and a used engine could run anywhere between 800 and $1,800. It wasn't that many years ago. You could buy a used Honda engine for four or 500 bucks. Um, but now you're looking at, you know, uh, used, car, used, used parts.com is one place I looked, and $1,800, pretty expensive for a used engine. And if the car was in stunning condition, and would a 2008 Civic that needs an engine be otherwise stunning? Probably not. But if it was in stunning condition, 1800 used, 3300 new, it might really be worth spending the extra money on a new one, providing the entire rest of the car was in good shape. You want to make sure the transmission was good, the axles were good. And more importantly, because the car is, quickly do the math, 10, 15, 15, 16 years old, um... You want to make sure it's not rusty. Uh, especially, I don't know where this person was from, but if they're living in New England, 
Rust is an issue, so you want to make sure that the car is as rust-free as possible. So you don't want to take a chance. I was I was telling Jesse earlier that this is our first try on a new internet provider. Uh, I have had Comcast internet for a few years now here or in in this location, and there was a deal to go with something called Frontier Internet. And I tried to get it last year because it wasn't necessarily any cheaper. And people who know me know that I'm cheap. Uh, but it wasn't necessarily cheaper, but it provided, they were going to provide better speeds. So 500 megabits, megabytes of upload and download speed as opposed to the 80 and 20 that I was getting with Comcast for the same money. I'm like, well, I'll do that. And they bury it underground, so the chances of it going out are probably not as great as hanging off a pole. So I'm like, I'll give it a try. And I only wanted one thing. I wanted the modem and the router to be put in a closet where my current Comcast stuff resides. And uh, the installer came out. They were supposed to be out between 1 and 5. They were here at 5 after. I said, oh, I didn't think you were going to show up. The guy says, I'm here now. And I said, here's what I want. I want the thing put in here. I said, run a wire through here above the ceiling. Comes in through here just like the Comcast one does. And he looks at me and goes, I can't do that. He said, uh, I can drill a hole in the wall. I can put the router and stuff under your bed. And I'm like, no, I don't think so. And he said, oh, I can't do it. And he grumbled to himself and left. Uh, new guy came this time, said, oh, yeah, I can do that. No problem. Gave him a little hand doing it. All done. So hopefully the Internet connection did everything it was supposed to do. Jesse, did it work out okay? It was good. All right. Then all good. Hey, a little quiet on the phones today, but congratulations to the winner of the AAA membership. We'll get that information out to you in uh, next day or so. Uh, and until next week, make sure you wear your seatbelt, drive safely, be good to your car. And if you do see an emergency vehicle by the side of the road, slow down or move over. It saves lives. Talk to you all next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.